0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at MyElementWealth.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me today. Obviously, we're talking about oldness. Miss. And Texas A&M, and the theme of this is Ole Miss is really, really banged up. And you know that by now, injuries abound. They have not had an off week, which I think in part should be against the rules. You'll hear more about that here in a second. But the conversation dominated by injuries and all that stuff, and not just Ole Miss. Texas A&M, you know, Haynes King might go, may not go. If he doesn't, you're going to see a third-string quarterback, albeit a former five-star, making his first start as a true freshman. But either way, A&M's got injuries. A&M has suspensions. They have locker room turmoil, all kinds of bad stuff going on at Texas A&M. So a fascinating football game upcoming this Saturday. And that's what we're talking about today with you. Again, my name is Michael Borke. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube at Michael Borke. Also subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. I recommend Spotify, but wherever you get your podcast app, search Rebel Report. You can find this there. Uh, subscribe, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. And the podcast is brought to you by LB's, just across from Kroger on University Avenue, right there in Oxford. So your team's on the road. If you're not going to College Station, which it sounds like there's a good bit of you actually making the trip, but if you're not, you're gonna want to cook with meat, right? It's hol- uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, the weather has really come down, so it's chilly and stew season. You're wanting, you're gonna want to get meat, right? Well, you've got to do that at LB's. It's the best place in the state to get it. Just across from Kroger on University, they also have daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but they are open on Saturday. So if you want something to cook while you watch your Rebels play on Saturday, LB's Meat, just across from Kroger on University, is the place to do it. When you go, tell Greg and the good people there that I sent you. They'll hook you up. And uh, big supporters of Old Miss sports there at LB's. podcast is also brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you are located anywhere. Inside of the state of Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security, phone systems, IT projects, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you or your business needs it, absms.com is the website. If you tell them that I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, they'll come out, do an assessment, and that will be on me, absms.com is the website. So did a live Q&A last night. Uh, talked exclusively about the Old Miss-Texas A&M game for about an, about 45 minutes or so, so I'll bring that to you right now. It's a, it's a live chat, and that's all we talked about. We talked about injuries. We talked about scheme and defense and Jackson Dart and, and all kinds of stuff, injuries, everything in between. Old Miss-Texas A&M preview uh, from a live Q&A. Uh last night, be a part of those if you want, find me on YouTube, subscribe there, but if you weren't, which I know most of you were not, I thought this was a really good, good, long conversation uh, about this game, and uh I'll bring that to you right now. So here it is talking old miss texas a and m for about forty five minutes. We're talking about one game really tonight because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this game, and I'd love to hear from you as well old miss texas a m college station. On Saturday night, you know, th- this is a fascinating game because it's an SEC West game, Ole Miss is ranked on the road, slight favorite, all that stuff. I mean, even on its own, this game is is pretty darn compelling. But then you've got the other stuff. You've got the injury issues, the often forgot feud, if you want to call it that, between Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher that happened before the kiffin Sabin. The, the, the kiffin Sabin feud, Kiffin and Jimbo went at it there for a little while as well. The injuries, the suspensions, the contract, the buyout, all that stuff. So there's a lot to talk about, and uh, I appreciate you guys joining again on this Thursday or on this Tuesday night. Please subscribe if you have not already. Please like the video if you have not already. Hit the notification bell as well. I would appreciate all of that. So let's get started. Ramsey says, hey, buddy, how banged up injury-wise are the Rebels, honestly? Uh, very bad. Um, so it, it's kind of crazy when you lay it out like this. So starting running back, although Judkins is probably the better back even already, but still, starting running back did not play, battling some kind of knee injury. Starting tight end is out. Uh, Jalen Robinson, you, you haven't gotten much from, truthfully, at all. Uh, but still, there's one wide receiver that can't stay on the field. Malik Heath got hurt in the LSU game. He came back and played, but certainly, uh, that that looked ugly there for a second. Uh, you've got issues on the offensive line, or have had issues on the offensive line. They're not really 100 there now. I think they're all going to play on Saturday, but still. And then Cedric Johnson is battling through uh, an injury. Troy Brown is battling through an injury. AJ Finley's battling through. An injury. JJ Pegues doesn't look like he's 100%. It is bad for Ole Miss right now. It, it is bad. And uh, it's exposing uh, some flaws in depth. But, you know, this is why this situation is why I've advocated for two bye weeks. I, I think that there should be two instead of just one. And if you're going to have one, it should be more or earlier than nine weeks into the season. Because uh, I, I think this is. Uh, starting to to go into the player safety area. Uh, So I've always thought, one, college football should be smart and have two bye weeks because your season lasts longer. Now, you're going to have some light weekends when you do that, but still. I mean, don't you want to have more weekends of college football? I think the networks would appreciate that. Um, But this is why, you know, back when this schedule was released, if you listen to the radio show or anything that I do back then, um, I said the late bye week's a problem. It's a big problem because of what you're seeing right now. It's a banged-up, beat-up football team, and they're kind of limping their way into College Station. Now, luckily for Ole Miss, so is Texas a and I mean, Jimbo Fisher said this week that Haynes King is probably going to play, but, uh, you know, a quarterback injuring his throwing shoulder to the point where he had to get taken out of a game. I don't think you just magically fix that in six days. I could be wrong. Uh, But between him and you've got injuries up front on the offensive line, you've got injuries on defense, you've got suspensions, you've got culture issues, you've got your own players to the media saying that you have a silent and fragmented locker room, you know you've got problems. Real, serious problems there as well. So at least your ninth game of the season without an off week is coming Against a team that has a losing record against a team that is banged up in a similar way to you against a team that is possibly dealing with some culture issues and even though it's a road environment it's not one that's going to intimidate you at all so there are silver linings to this and and that's what they are for whatever that's uh, for whatever that's worth Memphis rebel says. Is it me, or is this AM Ole Miss game have 21 17 17 14 written all over it? It might. Um, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like Ole Miss offensively might have more success than they've had recently. I, I think they will. I, I think you know, this is. I don't usually like talking like this because I can't quantify it. You know, I can't point to like an advanced stat or whatever. It's just a feeling more than anything else. But when you've got your own players talking about fragmented locker rooms and, and things of that nature, I, I think there's, there's a deeper problem. And losing that game at South Carolina, and you've got all these suspensions and stuff going on, there's a cultural issue. And I feel like this is a, a very good opportunity for them to lay down quickly. No, know they've got bodies and uh, personnel-wise, defensively they're still pretty good. But I, I think this this could be a a classic we quit kind of game. Tim says Ole Miss will win. I tend to agree with you. Edward says everything compiling for Texas A&M just makes it more and more of a must-win for the Rebels. Yeah, I got a little pushback uh, on that on on Saturday. Um, and I've I've heard some other people that cover the team also echo my sentiment. Is uh, look, I mean, there's so much that's still in front of this team. Now, if you're doing the, you know, they control their own destiny stuff, I think that's a little foolish. This team, it, it's not a championship team. They're not going to win a championship. I think that's fair to say. They're they're not ready to compete for a championship yet. But the the concept of an access bowl. Uh, another 10 win season which would be a huge step for this team uh, is all you know still on the table so it's a must win in that perspective but also for psyche i mean this is i think by far the worst team that they've got remaining on their schedule and suddenly you lose this one if you lose this game you got to play alabama next so that's three losses in a row then you got to turn around and go to fayetteville I mean, there's a chance you lose four games in a row, and this thing can kind of spiral on you rather quickly. So I think it's a must-win for a lot of reasons like that. Edward also says, I would think the freshman Weigman would start at quarterback down three linemen and their best wide receiver. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know if I if I believe Jimbo or not. I don't know if I believe him. When he says that Haynes King is is gonna play, I mean it. When it's a quarterback's throwing shoulder again, I just don't think that you just snap your fingers and are good six days later. It just it never seems to work like that. Edward was at Tiger Stadium on Saturday. I didn't think the crowd was much of a factor at all. It was just Ole Miss getting whipped up front. I thought Dart played quite well considering the pressure he did. Absolutely, he did, and his coach was really complimentary of the way he played, and and he should have been. I saw somebody on Saturday say that Ole Miss has a a dart problem, and I thought that there's no way you're watching the same game that that I'm watching if you think that Ole Miss's problem in this one is quarterback play. I thought that was a really foolish take, if we're being completely honest. But um, Kiffin said in his press conference that once things started unraveling, then the team kind of unraveled. Uh, Of course, that's what I'm saying, Uh, that it started playing a factor late when when things started getting out of their grip, that that started having an impact on them. Luckily, you're not going to get anywhere close to the environment that you just saw. You're not going to get anywhere close. Uh, Even if it was the same number of people, they're not going to be near as passionate or engaged, It's not as an intimidating place to play. But also, I don't think you're going to have anywhere close to the same amount of people uh, at the game, I mean, you're going to have kind of a subdued, kind of lazy crowd, uh, and and why wouldn't they? They've got a losing record, you know. They're it's a dejected fan base, and and I think you're going to see th- that the stands are going to reflect that. Saw a report today that said uh, Skyrim Heath. I like that. I know that was uh, an accident, Kyron. Yeah, but Skyrim's a uh, <laughs> a video game that I've never played. Um, that would be interesting, though. I mean, he's got a block better. Uh, he does. He, he, I, I feel bad for Casey Kelly, honestly, at this point, because he's more talented than what he's shown. But at 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 some point, you know, you can't just take the drops. I think it's in his head because he's shown you in years past that he's more capable uh, than than he has shown this year, it, it, but looks like it's in his head and yeah almost needs to get fired up and play some ball I think I mean I think the that motivation will be fine here it's what I said on the radio today people kind of forget what started the whole Sabin Jimbo thing it wasn't that that wasn't the the culmination it was when Kiffin joked about Texas A&M approaching the luxury tax which is an NBA salary term and Jimbo with you know did his press conference thing with the endorsement of his ad who who knows nothing about public relations as it turns out let him call lane kiffin a clown and called it clown behavior and that was their first iteration of we're gonna lie straight to your face and expect you to believe it in terms of you know how we recruit because everybody and their brother knows how texas a&m recruits and uh the fallout from that is going to hit hard come early December when the transfer portal opens but that happened first and if you listen closely you've got to really listen to it but if you listen closely to Lane Kiffin's press conference you hear you hear that he hadn't forgotten that the guy across the field from him this week called him a clown Uh, he he hasn't forgotten about that and and I think you know I don't believe in the concept of lock uh, bulletin board material. I think if you need somebody else's words to get you ready to play against a division opponent, then that's a you problem. Uh, but still, it, that that's uh, an interesting layer in this game that not a lot of people remember because the Sabin Jimbo thing was way worse, right? But it happened second, and I don't think Lane Kiffin has forgotten about that. I, I think you could very clearly hear. That he has not forgotten about that based on the very subtle, very subtle um, jabs. But anyway, there should be a bye week after the fourth and eighth game. So teams will have no more than a four or five games before their bye weeks. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can uniform them, though, because of television schedules and stuff. But yeah, somewhere in that window because it extends your season and if you're going to talk to us about player safety and protecting the players and player safety why are you letting a team play nine games in a row why are you letting a team play nine games in a row before they have an off date if you're all about player safety they should do too for television and for safety purposes Ramsey says, I expect the Rebels to come out fired up, ready to play. I heard Casey Kelly is banged up, and Heath is working out with the ones since Jalen Robinson has basically been a ghost and not played. Is there any other receivers that can play besides Mingo, Watkins, Heath, like Braylon, Brown, Knox, and Buckhalter? I, unfortunately for Ole Miss, I, I think that you know by now that you would know the answer, right? Uh, I mean, Dayton Wade's an option in, in some cases, but – if Brown and and Knox and, and Buckhalter ha- have not played yet, I think that kind of gives you your answer if they're somebody that you can actually use. Ole Miss, frankly, is going to be pretty thin at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, it's it is it's Mingo and and Heath and Watkins and 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 that's your options right now and Wade, uh, but that's it. I, I don't know if there's anybody else that. Um, that really can contribute at this point with any kind of regularity or else they would have by now. Um, depending on you know Zach Evans and, and if he's healthy, I, I'm curious to see if they decide to use the running backs uh, in the pass game some or if, if he is playing at tight end, if they try to incorporate tight end in the passing game a little bit more than they do Kelly because he's apparently – a more capable route runner and catcher, but he's not near as physical as he needs to be, and you shouldn't expect him to be. He's a true freshman. So uh, that, that would exactly be fair to expect him to just be, you know, elite from uh, from game one, but um, somebody needs to emerge with, with more consistency. Uh, and, and Dart can help that as well. I, I mean, Dart ca- has had opportunities to connect on deep balls where he hasn't yet and he's getting better with this consistency no doubt but he certainly has to improve in that regard still that's something that he's got to get better at Tim says I lived in Baton Rouge for eight years people in Louisiana are fired up people yes uh, yes they are no doubt do I think how the offensive line was dominated by LSU they might consider moving Broker or James back out to tackle because the freshman experiment blew up in their face I don't think so I think they're going to stick with this because there's a reason they did it in the first place. They feel like these are their best options. But uh, but also, it, what I'm trying to figure out, Edward, is what causes them to hit that wall. Because we all know it by now. We've talked about it every week at this point of the season. Old Miss might be the best first quarter team and in all of college football, they really might be the best first quarter team in all of college football. I swear they come out ready. They are sharp. They execute. And then they hit a they hit a wall. They hit a wall. And I would love I'm not smart enough. I wish I could sit here and break it down and tell you what that wall is. I have no idea what that wall could possibly be. I don't know. Uh, but there is one which is what matters. And I can't help but wonder if a lot of what happened in the second half. Uh, was more of a spiraling. because I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't need to make a change yet because even with A&M's talent, they don't have up front what LSU has. And those were two freshmen playing against the best players they've ever played against. You don't immediately bench them because it didn't go well, especially when it it wasn't exclusively bad, right? It started well and didn't end well, but there was periods of time where they held their own there. Uh, So these are the kind of growing pains when you've got uh, a young team and a bit of a rebuilding year. This is kind of the the stuff you just have to to deal with. But uh, A&M, while extremely talented up front, is not going to present the same thing that uh, that LSU did. Uh, Alabama will. But there's nothing you can do really there uh, at this point. Uh, Arkansas is not as good up front as, as LSU. And while Mississippi State is quite good uh, up front, I don't think they are as good as what LSU presented. So it's going to get easier without mentioning Alabama. It's going to get easier from here for them. So I don't think you have to rush to make a change just yet. Line State at two and a half. I think Vegas is not respecting Ole Miss, like you said last week, is still playing into this even with the A&M turmoil. And almost is really banged up too. I mean, that, that's gotta be a factor here. They are on the road. They they are banged up some. Um. And you know, don't forget, their goal is not to to predict the the outcome correctly, right? It's it's more about the, the gambling aspect. LSU defense can catch one handed. Yeah, yeah, that was a blown assignment. I mean, you know, there were some people that were like, "This is the problem with dart. It's like the the hit affected the throw. It, it, the throw was not would not have been that bad had there not been a helmet in his rib cage." It, you know, uh, that was a hell of a play though. Should have been called for pi, but the throw was so off target that it probably prevented uh, that call from being made. In other words, Ole Miss is a three-legged dog. I've got one of those, Tim. I've got one of those. Let me show her to you. Let me let me show you my three-legged dog. Because why not? That's her. That's her with and that camera's not going to focus. You just have to use your imagination to fill it in. But yeah, man, that's her right there. That's uh, that's June is her name, and she is. The sweetest. Uh, God bless her. She's so stupid. <laughs> she's she's the dumbest dog on earth. But all she knows how to do is love. That is the only thing that dog knows how to do is love. And, and, and our, our son can pull on her and then and climb on her. And, and she does nothing. She just lets him do it. She is a perfect dog for a toddler. And she is the best because Lab's are the best she's five and we've had her since she was just a few weeks old when she was born with that leg, her front leg was backwards and uh, the, the, the owners of the dogs that, you know, produced the puppies uh, couldn't sell her. And so a vet offered to, to cut that arm off and we took her and it's been, she's, she's the best with that little guy. So labs, all labs are the best labs are the absolute best. Got to say, it was odd watching LSU rush the field after the game. Here's what I'll say about that. Well, I've got two takes on that. Number one, rushing the field is fun. I wish there was a way that we could normalize it. People make fun of Clemson because they do it after every game. Every single game that Clemson wins at home, their fans go on the field, whether it's Furman or whether it's Florida State. If they win a game, their fans get to go on the field. And I remember as a kid, the few Clemson games I went to, I'm, I'm not a fan by any stretch, but the few that I went to, um, going on the field was awesome because the players stuck around and they took pictures and stuff. And it was really cool getting to go on the field and being amongst all of that. That was awesome. And so we should normalize that in college football, uh, let these schools create like protocols or whatever to where like you have to wait five minutes to let the team get off the field or whatever, and then you can go take the field. It's a lot of fun. It should be normalized in college football. But since it's not, here's take number two. You cannot look down on a program if you rush the field when you beat them. So LSU fans look down on Ole Miss, say a lot of negative things. That's fine, but you can't do that if you rush the field when you beat them. You can do that to teams that you perceive as your equal or teams that are better in your mind than you. But if you look down on a team, if you think that they aren't up to your level or whatever, if they're a tier below you and you rush the field, you can't talk anymore. Done. You've eliminated your ability to talk because you rush the field when you beat them. Do I expect a lot of rush three drop eight against AM? HN is their best weapon. Uh, you you hope not. You hope not, because I think that he's the only way that they can beat you. Something that was really frustrating, and we talked about it after the game some, was the fact that Ole Miss had these light boxes, and on first and 10, they were 10, 12, 15 yards in coverage off the receiver, and that didn't change even on short yardage situations. And they just allowed Daniels, who was an inconsistent passer down the field, to just take, snaps, and quickly distribute the football underneath all game long. I mean, he just got to do that all game long. It's all he did. And Ole Miss can't do that this week because you're either – it's either Haynes King who is banged up and, and not particularly good or a true freshman making his first start. And are you really going to sit back and let them just throw things underneath on you all game long? No, you, you – you, Bring your defensive backs up, and you bring more than five in the box because I think A-Chain is the only guy that can beat Ole Miss. I think he is the only way you lose that game is that guy because his backup, I guess, is not going to play. So stack the box, make Hanks King beat you with his arm throwing deep, and if he does, that's what happens. But uh, allowing somebody like him to just get comfortable throwing a bunch of stuff underneath, then you're asking for it. If Ole Miss plays like they did at LSU, it's already over. Uh, in, in fairness, A&M is worse than than LSU. The wall is a combination of training, coaching, and time together. People forget that these guys are just halfway through their first season together. Yes, they are. Um, absolutely. It's a, oh, wow, there's a bot in here hope you guys don't click on that please don't um but yeah i mean it's it's a young quarterback it's a, a lot of new faces working together and and that was their first uh significant atmosphere playing together and, and it kind of showed LSU was fine 250k for the field thing yeah i, I mean I, I don't like that i think storming the field's fun but they should do what Clemson does and, and allow your opponent to get off the field and then then you rush the field and, and all that. I think it's fun, and it should be normalized. But don't look down on people when you do it. Harold Perkins looked like Carl Lawson in 2015 out there. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a freshman, too. That kid's a star, just an absolute star. Um, and that's the difference between LSU and Ole Miss is, is a player like that. Defensively, Ole Miss does not have a player like that. Um, and you can't change that except for in recruiting and they believe they've got a guy committed to them. That is like that, but you know, not on your roster yet. She's a big girl. Uh, He's just uh, that was him when he was a little bit smaller. I think she's, she's 50 pounds or so. So she's, she's a smaller lab and and her breed, I guess she's a British lab. So that breed is uh, a little bit smaller anyway, but we do purposefully, you know keep her a little bit skinny. Not too much, of course, but but she is she's on a very strict diet to, to keep her skinny, so she doesn't stress that that one front leg too much. Uh, she's a sweetheart, though. It's only been one game, but I don't really think Dart is rattled by the road environment. He didn't look like it Saturday. The play Saturday reminded you of a less efficient version of Corral at Bama last year. Just no help. It's a, that's a nice comparison. It didn't look like the environment was uh, was a problem for him. It's just his guys were getting beat so badly up front that he couldn't operate. But even in the second half when things were unraveling, he still distributed the football well and made good throws. It's just his team was getting beat up up front. You say this A&M game feels like a put-up or shut-up for Partridge's defense. It is if you can't slow down this offense then at the end of the year there needs to be some thoughts if you if you can't slow down this offense which is boring dated uncreative lacking in starting personnel if you can't if you can't have success against this offense as a defense, then I don't know if there's any offense that you can have success against in the SEC. They are as bad as you can imagine. No, Tim, don't click on that. What's wrong with you? Memphis Rebels changed your mind on the four-man front. That changes nothing. What they are doing is sending a fourth or fifth man. The problem is they're just not getting pressure. They're not getting home. Johnson being hurt is harming that some. I think they can be more creative with who they bring and how they bring them. I, I, I've felt like at times it's, you know, kind of simple in terms of, of how they apply pressure and where it comes from. I don't think they're particularly creative, and that can improve. To a LC's last three field stormings were against Ole Miss. Yeah. I've arrived. I've had my first spot. It's actually not the first one. We, we've had them before, and um, it's concerning. Well, what what concerns me is that there's a reason they do that, right? It's because it works, right? I mean, they wouldn't do it. They'd find so, another way to scam people. So somebody is on the internet that that sees that and thinks, if I click on that, I'll get what they're promising, and when you when you you look at what they're promising and you think you can get that by clicking that link, we should take your voting rights away. (laughs) Not really, I'm kidding, but maybe we should. Right, and that's the thing. Yeah, you don't see more exotic blitzes. They they need to be more creative there, I think. You say, I could have sworn I saw Jaden Daniels play a full game of Monopoly in the backfield with all the time he had. Yeah, he was having tea parties, man. Teox is going back to the put up or shut up comment. Doesn't Lane have to get a better DC at the end of the year? Maybe. I mean, you, you've got to remember that this is Chris Partridge's first shot at it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my first year on, on my job, I wasn't as good as I am at it today. Um, and he recruits really well, but but something does have to give uh, for sure. I mean, there, there's got to be marked improvement uh, over the next four weeks. It, it's hard with how banged up they are, but you're talking about Kari Coleman. We'll have to probably be able to blitz more and cover more instead of thinking contain. Right? Is that hurt? Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm Googling here. I, I'm not ignoring you guys, although I do have a, a basketball game that I'm I'm trying to watch here, but that's okay. This is taking entirely too long. Anm hasn't scored more than 24 against a Power Five team since Missouri last year. Right after Alabama, they are extremely bad offensively, and and that's the thing is it. If not now, then when? If not now. Uh, then, then when yeah Coleman is is who you're talking about okay I just had to double check he's been banged up himself I mean constantly uh, they have been can he get a blitz coordinator That that's something that they can do in the off season for sure is you know I, I've seen at times where college coaches um they go to like conventions and stuff but you know I, I've always thought that these guys should spend summers with NFL coaches. If that's even a thing that like they'd be willing to do. If that makes sense. I mean like if I was if I was John Cohen, I would try to get Mike Leach to do whatever it took to go spend some time with Sean Payton. And uh like, especially the screen game, because Mike Leach so badly wants to keep things underneath and, and stuff. Sean Payton's screen, it, the, the screen game with, with timing and, and how different they are and, and how well executed they are has got to be something you want in your offense. See if he'll let you pick his brain for a while. Partridge might need to be able to do the, the same thing. Go sit down with an NFL coordinator. If they'll let you, right? If, if there's somebody out there that Chris Partridge knows that that'll sit down for a few days this summer and just talk about scheme and, and stuff like that. Love my podcast and takes it on Miss football. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I, I really do. Any thoughts on Auburn, Arkansas or Tennessee, Kentucky? They could get weird. Yeah, they could. Um, it, Kentucky's going to be an interesting test for Tennessee because of style. I mean, Kentucky just wants to go so fast, right? They just want to move so – or excuse me, Tennessee just wants to go so fast. They just want to move so fast. And when Kentucky has the football, they grind these games down to a halt. And, I mean, as you know, you've seen twice now, if there's any state fans in here tonight, I know we're really only talking about the Ole Miss game, but as as we've seen twice now, uh, Kentucky will make you – maximize your possessions, and it's uh, you, you can't make mistakes. They'll force you to feel pressure with every possession. It's going to be a, an interesting test, no doubt, for, um, for Tennessee. And Auburn, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Arkansas, a lot of people are thinking that Arkansas is like fixed or, or whatever because they beat up on a bad BYU team. We'll see this week how fixed they really are. Yeah, Brian. State still playing football. They are uh, not this week, though, which is uh, which is good. They they needed that. Uh, they needed that break. Get ready for Auburn next week. It's a game that you know they've really simply got to win. Um, next week with State and Auburn is going to be very similar to uh, this week, Ole Miss and Texas A and M. It's just a game you've got to win. Simply put, it's just a game you got to win. Too bad Mike McIntyre isn't available. He knows his way around a three-man front, though, of the three-four variety. Yeah, he's got a tough job ahead of him right now at FIU. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. But you say, I wonder how much of the wall we're talking about could be Weiss's play calling. I know Lane has a play sheet too, so though, so I don't know exactly what to make of it. Me either. Um. If anybody can figure it out, it's Lane Kiffin, right? So that should give you some comfort. If anybody can figure that out, it's it, it's him. I think we're just seeing how huge of a loss Sam Williams was. Dude was a monster. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. And yeah, I uh, I am from South Carolina, uh, Greenville, upstate, uh, upstate South Carolina, Greenville. So, can they get Manny Diaz? Uh, maybe I don't, but I don't think they're going to fire Chris. I I don't know if that's on the table with how well he recruits. (laughs) Off week for state. Weren't they off last weekend? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. So how about Texas A&M, huh? Uh, $86 million to buy him out this year. Most people think that's going to save his job. My question is, because I've seen it and heard it in multiple places that Leadership at A&M is going to make him make changes, right? They're going to force him to make changes. And if I'm Jimbo Fisher, and I believe, like, you know how football coaches are. Some of them are really stubborn. He appears to be one of those guys that it's this is my way and this is how I do it. Maybe he will be receptive to that request to be adaptable or whatever. But if I'm Jimbo Fisher... Am I really going to let Ross Bjork tell me what I need to do with my football team? Hey, Jimbo, you know, we're going to keep you around, but you've got to hire an offensive coordinator, and you've got to give up play calling duties, and you've got to do this, and I'll say no. Fire me then, because I'm not doing that. Find $86 million and fire me. What is stopping Jimbo Fisher from doing that? And then what is Texas A&M's response if he does? Edward says maybe we could see a contract renegotiation to lower the buyout. I wouldn't. Nope. If you're going to fire me, you're giving me every dime of the $86 million you owe me. I'm not reducing down a damn thing. Nope. It's not going to happen. So this will go one of two ways. You'll give me another year. You can fire me. But you are not telling me how to run my program. Would I put Jimbo third behind Drinkwitz and Harson for hot seat? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The interview with Jimbo started back with Woodward, giving him $75 million, but Bjork made it exponentially worse. Yeah, and, and people have... Said that, you know, Bjork was only doing what his boosters told him to do, but they negotiated against themselves. That's what's so stupid about it. Don't give a guy a pass for giving a coach a $1.5 million raise in an extension in August. Who were you negotiating against? Who? He, he wasn't a threat to leave in August of last year. He wasn't a threat to leave. Wait. So so don't give that guy a pass for doing that. They are both at fault here. Um, yeah, Tim says fire me. Fire me, too. I would love to be fired. You say Michigan State Miami might be in the same boat soon. It's going to take an AD. That, that That's what's so interesting about the, these mega contracts. I mean, A&M regrets Jimbo's. Michigan State regrets Mel Tucker's, but it's a double-edged sword, right? If you're an athletic director, let's let's use Keith Carter, for example. We talked about this on the show some. If you're Keith Carter, and let's pretend that um, Auburn comes after Lane Kiffin, and they offer him $11 million a year, the fans are going to say, you better, Keith, you better pay more than that. You have to. You better or else. But on the other hand, I know a lot of people think that SEC money is just kind of growing on trees right now, but the truth is it's not, especially at a place like Ole Miss. You've got to find four more million dollars annually to get there. Well, where is that four more million dollars coming from? On top of that, what happens if you lock into this mega contract that you can't afford and then the coach stops coaching well and the teams aren't as good? What happens? So at some point, an AD's got to put their foot down and say, enough is enough here. We have a good program. We can hire another coach. And the example I used on the show today was if you're old Miss and Auburn's offering Lane 11 $12, 13000000 million, at some point you can't afford that anymore. And you say, thank you so much for elevating our program. And you call Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. He'd be boring as hell, but he would win. And he wouldn't cost you $12 million. And you wouldn't get sunk into a contract that you're terrified of, like Michigan State is, like Texas A&M is. And so, somebody at some point has got to put their foot down and say, this is absurd and we're not giving this to you. But again, if if Auburn comes after Lane and and Keith Carter doesn't give him whatever he asks for, people want him gone. That's just the truth of the matter. It was Ross's fault for the extension. Woodward gave him the initial contract. At least Ole Miss didn't have to give Hugh Freeze that money back in 2017. Yeah, that $16 million would have really, really hurt in the financial situation that Ole Miss was in at that time. So, You say you got to draw the line somewhere, it's ridiculous. It is. Somebody's got to draw a line somewhere. Especially when these are coaches that are not winning championships. Mel Tucker didn't win a championship. Jimbo Fisher hasn't won a championship. And you give them a hundred million guaranteed oh price of gas in Mississippi is gonna go up <laughs> price of something is if my boss had to give me a million to fire me I'm fired I would take a lot less than that to be fired can't wait for the Hugh freeze 10year 70 million dear 70 million dollar deal at Auburn <laughs> oh man they gotta hire an ad first don't they What do I think State's record will be at the end of the year? Uh, Seven and five. But I think the Egg Bowl feels differently now. Because I think State's pretty darn good in the front six. Sean Payton at the Pelicans game tonight. Jerk. Anyway. Does Auburn even have that money to pay him that? I mean, they will pay... They will be paying three different coaches at the same time. Probably not. I, I don't think that they, they can, but that was just more of a hypothetical than anything else. Um, I do think that Ole Miss would be intrigued with a guy like Clawson. Stability. Winner, which is important. Does more with less, which is important at a place like Ole Miss. I'm a big fan of his. I've always been a big fan of his. I'm a Dave Clawson homer. I think it's absurd that we're going to go through another coaching search and nobody's going to hire the guy that has Wake Forest in the top 10 again. I mean, seriously, what what are we doing here? You know, what, what are we talking about? Fisher is like three games down so far in his A&M career compared to someone. He is. He is. You don't want Hugh freeze at Auburn. He's a hell of a coach. He is a good football coach. He is a good football coach. I don't think he would be able to handle the pressure. I think it would be good for a period of time and then it would not be anymore. You think they're getting Utah State's A D? Yeah, that was the that was the talk a few weeks ago, but I guess that is cooled at least uh to some degree. If Dave is Dave Claussen a jumper, no, no, his resume. Here, I'll read it to you. I mean, I, I can't believe this guy hasn't gotten calls uh from from anyone. It's it's absurd to me. Nobody has less in Power 5 football than Dave Clawson. So he's, he was a head coach at Fordham starting back in 1999. Then he went to Richmond after five years, spent four years at Richmond, went to uh, the semifinals uh, in the FCS. Then he was at Bowling Green for five years. And then he's been at Syracuse, excuse me, then he's been at Wake Forest since 2014. So the the jumps have been FCS to MAC to ACC, and and he spent years at each one. So far at Wake Forest, he he started out with two, three, and nines because it was Wake Forest, and since then, again, Wake Forest seven and six, three and five. Eight and five, four and four, seven and six, three and five, eight and five, four and four. COVID year went four and five, 11 and three last year, six and one this year. Consistency, winning, good offense has absolutely nothing working in his favor in the bad ACC. Nothing. It's a tiny school. It's a nice, clean school, good education, but. Tiny school, tiny facilities, very little money. Sure as hell is not getting any NIL. Pirates says, I think Ole Miss will be 8-3 and three when they play State. State will be 7-4, and four, winner take all. Claussen and Mike Gundy are both consistent winners and no calls for bigger jobs. Gundy's gotten a lot of calls. He's just turned a lot of places down. I, I think he is one of the few coaches that is perfectly content not being at one of these superpower schools and getting paid a lot of money and winning a lot of football games and having the ultimate job security. Yeah, his it, Claussen's defenses are bad, but, you know, that's why you, you hire coordinators. Trey Murphy, let's go. <clears throat> Sorry. Since Kiffin is going to Nebraska, Ole Miss might want to look into Clausen. Oh, man. Yeah. Would State take Mullen back? No, but he would want to take them back. Would he get better talent at Ole Miss than what he gets at Wake Forest? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, he would. Now, he's not a dynamic recruiter like Lane Kiffin is when he's engaged, but – um. Clausen's also a guy that I think so some people take this kind of stuff the wrong way. I think Clausen's the kind of guy that would really relate well to the the old school kind of old money boosters and they would be really inspired uh to donate to NIL and and things like that. Uh, he 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 would be very different than Kiffin. Kiffin gets people inspired by, you know, you know, flashy wins and and fun offense, and and he's you know entertaining and has a national profile. Neither one is wrong or right. I, they're just different. I, I think Clawson would be more relatable to the locals, if that makes sense. And and he would be able to fundraise and stuff that way. He would be more visible in the community than, than Kiffin is, and he's Kiffin's growing in that regard a whole lot. But uh, he would be more visible in the community if that makes sense. Just different. And yeah, Gundy's at his alma mater. He could hire dynamic recruiting assistants for sure. he would have more money for assistance than he could that he could ever dream of at a place like Wake Forest. Hot take, Clawson is headed to Auburn. That would be a phenomenal hire for them, and because of that, I don't think Auburn's smart enough to do something like that. He'd be great there, though. he would. Sometimes you just got to get winners. People overcomplicate these hires so much. Go get me somebody that wins. Give me a winner. That's all you have to do. State fans that wouldn't want Mullen back are idiots. Well, I think the issue is it's not necessarily the fans that wouldn't want him back. I think it's uh, one. I could be wrong here. I, I I don't have this sourced or anything, but I think it's one university president and one athletic director. Uh, that would not. How many offensive linemen at Ole Miss that start did Kiffin recruit? Both tackles, both uh, both offensive tackles are are Kiffin recruits. Thoughts on Sark apologizing for not singing the eyes of Texas? It shows how soft they are culturally. Shows how soft they are culturally. They're not ready for the SEC when things like that matter to them. They're not ready culture wise because. Yeah, we've got weird stuff in the SEC like the yell leaders and Auburn's drama, but could you imagine Alabama giving a crap if Nick Saban stayed on the field to sing a song? Could you imagine? I I couldn't. Aranda would be a a good choice for an NFL coach, I think. Very steady. That's what you got to be there. T-Hawk, I'm not sure you want to do the Pine Box thing with Kiffin, but it got a good chuckle anyway. You don't think Sark will last long at Texas? Imagine A&M in Texas going head-to-head for a coach. They're not going to let him go this year anyway. Not this year. Calling this weekend a must-win was one of my most spot-on takes, in your opinion. Must-win, not in terms of what you get if you win, but what it will mean if you lose. Absolutely. Because it's hard to call things must-win when a coach can't get fired and you can't win a championship. But this is as close as you can get with those things being true. Oh, Cristobal's got time. I mean, his contract is long and, and big. and He's got time, but it's quite a disaster there right now. No, uh, no doubt. Your biggest complaint about Kiffin is his difficulty in recruiting good wide receivers. That's a problem. That's that's a question mark is, is why has that not happened? All of your receivers are either transfers or guys that somebody else recruited. Why? And they've signed high profile wide receiver recruits in terms of like star rating and stuff like that. Like they've been able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like Kansas. Guy's been a winner everywhere he's gone. Just hire winners. They'll figure it out, I promise. Leach also has the benefit of the SEC being down across the board during his tenure, save for the big two. It does kind of feel like the league's a little bit down, doesn't it? It does. I've gone well over 45 minutes, so I'm going to hang it up, guys, watch the end of this basketball game. But please like the video. I appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. Uh, like the video. Subscribe if you have not already. I'll be back on Thursday night. We'll um, be back on Thursday night, 745. We won't just talk about Ole Miss a and obviously. We did a lot of that tonight. We'll look at the other games and stuff this weekend um, and, and all that going on. So I'll see you guys then. I appreciate you very much. I really do. Means a lot. Um, And I'll see you Thursday. A Super Talk Mississippi Ah. Media Production.